You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 201. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Aptiv, the on-demand audio fitness app that I love using. You guys have heard me talk about it. I feel like I have a trainer here on all of my travels. No matter where I am in the world, I can turn on the app and I can start working out. I personally like to run outside as I travel, so that is where I spend most of my time in terms of using Aptive. They have so many different trainers, not just for running outdoors. There's also indoor workouts for treadmills or if you're doing elliptical, yoga, etc. as well, and strength training, of course. So I like to use the, like I said, outdoor running, and then I will find an easy, medium, or hard workout. Typically, I tend to go towards the medium workouts and love the sprint ones. They have fun playlists to listen to as I go, and they basically, it's so easy. You just run when they tell you to run as fast as they tell you to run, and it's that simple, and I get such a great workout that's so much different than when I'm just sitting there running kind of mindlessly or kind of at a steady pace at other times. It's a fun way to get speed training in when I normally wouldn't even think to do so, and I don't have to look at my splits, and I don't have to look at the stopwatch or any of those sorts of things. If you want to give it a 30-day free trial, head over to Aptiv.com on your computer or even on your phone, but go to Aptiv.com, A-A-P-T-I-V.com. Then click on the sign up and enter the code, all one word, all caps, The Lively Show. That's going to give you a full month of this. You can actually try this. It's kind of like getting a full month of the gym for free, only it's right on your phone. Then go download the app and you are ready to get started. Now let's talk about where I am. I am actually in Sydney today and I'm doing a Q&A episode for you. Yes, you guys have many questions. I'm looking at them right now on my phone and there are 90 of them. I don't think in one hour I will be able to answer 90 questions. I tend to take too long to answer each one because sometimes they get a little bit in depth, but I'm going to do my best to answer as many as possible. So let's get started. First up, we have La Fiddler who said, what are some tips for traveling solo? Thanks. Hmm, tips for traveling solo. So I would say, first of all, always go with your intuition and find the flow when possible. So what does flow look like? It looks like the next right exciting step to take. As you are going, you're gonna start to find that your ego will have its own opinion on when you need to have things planned out, but there's also a different part of you that's peaceful at all times for the most part, at least that's what I found, and I love following my intuition to the next place. So I wait until I feel like there is a deep, peaceful knowing about the next step to take. And sometimes that looks like someone flowing into my life and just kind of inspiring the next action. Other times it looks like what is the ticket that I can find that just happens to be this really amazing deal to the next location. Or I even stay alert for just kind of people or places or that kind of just keep popping up in my life. So for example, Sydney was one of those places that popped up a lot in December as I was trying to figure out where I was going in January after the holidays. So I would say try to flow as much as possible. Always follow your intuition in terms of whether you find someone safe or not safe to be around. 
at least in the places I've been going, and especially most of all, when you listen to your intuition and you trust it. So if it says to be safe and not trust someone, don't worry about being weird about that. Like just go another way. Do not feel like you need to be nice as much as you need to follow your intuition. I've heard some people kind of like ignore their intuition about people or places that feel not safe. And I would say that that would definitely not be the direction to go. That said, I don't often find myself in places where I feel unsafe. So other than that, I would say ask people questions. If you want to start a conversation, just ask a very simple question. It could be even as simple as what's the Wi-Fi password? Do you know how many times I've asked that question to someone and then I get a whole conversation or friendship started just from that question alone? I even shared it with my brother, Michael, who is more introverted than I am as he was traveling in Greece, asked the question and had an entire fun day with a bunch of friends that were traveling that he then became friends with as well. So those are my suggestions there. Now we have Casey Bullard who said, do you ever feel like you're getting complete silence when you write a question to your intuition? even if you rephrase the question a few ways. What does that mean to you when you hear or feel nothing coming? That's interesting. I don't have that very often, but that's because I've probably been doing this for a long time, or maybe this is just potentially more of a strength for me than others. I would say, what does that mean? It doesn't necessarily mean anything. I would say it could be an invitation for you to start practicing mindfulness in other ways first. And actually, I'm coming out with a product or a little online course called Awareness at Home to help people that are having this same issue. So when you're not sure if you're hearing from your intuition or you're not hearing anything at all, my first suggestion is to start developing a mindfulness practice so you get very familiar with understanding what the ego sounds like. Because as you start to figure out what the ego sounds like, you start to notice when something other than your ego pipes up in your life. And also you can just quiet the ego long enough to actually create a space for the intuition to speak. So those would be some suggestions there. So stay tuned for awareness at home. If your intuition or some part of you feels like it's a fit, I hope you join us. Now we have G Hixie who said, what are some tips for job search? I'm interested in how you would approach this now. Oh, that's so interesting. I would say I would approach it from a place of alignment. So I would try to be as happy as I thought I would be once I already had the job that I wanted. And actually, Coming up this Thursday on the show, I'm going to be speaking with Brooke Castillo. Yes, Brooke Castillo has been on the show a few times before. She's coming on for the third time, and we're actually going to speak about job searches, so stay tuned. It's in the second half of that interview, so I would actually direct you to that. That'll be my answer to this question. Now we have Catherine Greer Sydney who said, manifestation, I was just in my kitchen thinking, I wonder how Jess makes her iced tea. So spill for us, okay? Do you put anything in there other than the ice cubes? Hope you have some fun dates in New Zealand. Those Kiwi boys from what I know from my dating days are beautiful rough diamonds, strong, agile, and fearless. Oh my gosh, Catherine, thank you so much. I know Catherine from Flow With Intention and also because she came to our Sydney meetup. Catherine, Again, your light and your energy is so amazing. So how I make my iced tea? Well, here in Australia and New Zealand, I just ask people to make me a pot of English breakfast tea and give me a giant cup of ice. Then I pour the tea that they've brewed straight into the cup of ice once it's cooled off a bit so that the ice doesn't totally melt. And I add a slice or two of lemon. I'm very much a strict no sugar, no you know, milk or any of that kind of stuff. I don't drink it like a British person would drink their tea. I definitely drink it black, unsweetened with some lemon. That's my favorite, favorite way. And thank you for the suggestions on the New Zealand boys. I'm actually back from New Zealand and I did do a bit of dating, although 
the person that I dated was not from New Zealand. He was actually from Slovakia. All right, so now we have the Fueled Physique who said, I just started my online business about 16 months ago, and I'm hoping to turn it into a full-time job within a year. What's your best advice for expanding my reach in terms of content? What is the most appropriate way to network and ask if I can guest post for someone else's blog or get on their podcast? Thanks. Okay, this is so interesting. So best advice for expanding my reach in terms of content. I am actually like the last person to ask this question to because I don't actually reach out to people to get on their podcast. Like I think I maybe done that once or twice in my life. And I don't really ask to post on other people's blogs. So I think I am not the person to ask this to. I would actually direct you over to someone who's been on this show before. Jasmine Starr is who I would go check out. So go search jasminestar.com or search for her site. She does a lot about social media and marketing. I think she'd be a better person to ask that question to. I definitely just find alignment and share from my little corner of the internet most of the time. So I wouldn't be the person to ask. Now we have CB Hollix who said, have you ever read Jill Bolt Taylor on consciousness and left right brain? Just started listening and love your series. I've never heard of her, but thank you for sharing her. I'll keep her in mind. Now we have Lindsay Allen Designs who said, hi Jess, I'm working on alignment before action and I'm finding that sometimes I use it as an excuse not to take action. For example, I'm not in alignment, so I can't write that client proposal right now. Do you have any suggestions? I'm finding myself paralyzed at times. Okay, Lindsay, there are 13 likes on this one, so this is definitely a popular question I definitely want to address. This is my personal opinion. I am just sharing personally what I am finding. When I find that there's procrastination, that is basically the intuition, I think. And it's probably the ego, you know, obviously the ego's not yet caught up to what the intuition has to say or think about the situation. So this client proposal, for example. What I think procrastination tends to look like is a lot of guilt and shame around not working on the client proposal. Whereas actually getting into alignment and giving yourself full permission to go do something that actually makes you happy, full stop, like no pressure, just go do something that makes you happy. Then I think from that place, that resistance fades as you actually get into that alignment. But if you're doing something from the ego's avoiding, so instead of the intuition leaning into joy, it's the ego avoiding something, that's procrastination and I think there's a ton of guilt and shame. So you could probably do the same exact thing like, for example, let's say it's, I don't know, watch the Gilmore Girls. I don't, I'm just picking that up because I recently watched the Gilmore Girls series. Now, I could watch that to get into alignment. And if I give myself full permission to do that, and it really lit up my soul, my intuition was loving it and reveling in it, and I had such a fun time watching it, it felt like such a treat, that I think if I actually gave myself full permission to go do it, would probably give me some really great buoyance. And then I would come back to that proposal and have some exciting ideas around it. Or maybe I'd realize I don't want to do that client proposal at all because that client's not right in the first place or something like that from an aligned place. Now, if my ego was the one saying, let's watch Gilmore Girls, that experience would feel guilty because the entire time I was watching it, instead of feeling lit up and feeling like so delicious in watching it, I would feel like, the thoughts my ego would be having around it are, why aren't you doing that other thing? You're such a lazy person. This is just procrastination. There's something wrong here. You should be doing something else. Those shoulds are not helpful. 
So I would say that that's probably what I would suggest. And if there is that paralyzation, maybe there is a greater understanding or awareness to have around this client proposal in the first place. So writing to your intuition, if all else fails, would be my other suggestion to find out why is there resistance right now to that subject. Okay, now we have Boho Gypsy Life. Oh man, Boho Gypsy Life, you ask questions every single time. I love it. Have you heard of energy psychology? It deals with unconscious and energy flow in your body. It's amazing. No, I have not heard of energy psychology, but that sounds amazing and something I would definitely be interested in. I think in the last few weeks, I've probably been touching on things that may be considered energy psychology, but I've never heard the term itself. So very cool. I'm going to keep my eyes out for that in the future. Now we have Sabrina Kreese who said, I know you've touched on your skincare, but I'd love to know some products you use regularly and why you use them. Pre-makeup, bedtime routine, cleansers, moisturizer, toner, etc. Okay, so I shared this in my last monthly questions as well in more detail. So go back to the February episode for a more detailed thing, but I'll quickly say I use all the products through the Face Reality program. It's based in the States, I believe. You can just look up Face Reality. There's many different spas or salons or doctor's offices. I might even carry it as well. And you go and you get a facial and then they create a prescribed protocol for you. So I would say doing that is the way to go because what I do is based on those prescribed things that include toners and mandolic serum and benzoyl peroxide. So I would say check out a face reality person near you if possible for your own routine that would be right for you. Now we have Emma is Scott who said, Jess, what's your perspective on the 10,000 hour theory? Malcolm Gladwell covers it in Outliers and says, it's about the time we reach mastery. Wondering how you think it fits with the concepts of flow versus efforting. Thanks. Oh, that's so interesting. So I was going to say, I don't know anything about the 10,000 hour theory. I think it's a cool theory. I've heard it discussed. I think that I can't really say if it's right or wrong. I think it's neat. And I think a lot of people ascribe to it in terms of how it fits with the concepts of flow versus efforting. I think you could probably do 10,000 hours of anything out of shame and guilt, or you could do them out of joy and pleasure. And so I think it's just more fun to have those 10,000 hours come from joy and pleasure versus efforting. One of the funny things that comes to mind for me about this is the fact that I'm getting super great at solitaire. Not because I care about solitaire in the least, but because it is something I enjoy doing. I think it keeps my left brain really happy as I am focusing on things like listening to Abraham Hicks as I fly. So I've gotten very good, but I'm not efforting at getting good at solitaire. It's just truly something that I do, I would say, mindlessly, because I am thinking as I'm putting the cards on top of one another and playing the game, but I just really enjoy it without any expectation of getting better at it. And while I just play it over and over and over again, it's kind of just because it flows that I'm truly doing it. I have become very quick and very fast, and I have a lot of different techniques that I never would have found had I not done it for such a long time. But it truly did come with the idea of flow and pleasure because I do it while I do something else I also enjoy. So So had I been trying to kind of become as good as I could or force things in solitaire, that would be a very different experience of it. Instead, it's just a really natural outcome of finding joy. So that's kind of something that comes to mind. But otherwise, I think that if you're going to spend 10,000 hours doing something, follow your intuition because if you do, you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, you'll probably have a lot of resistance along the way. Okay, we got more questions from Boho Gypsy Life. Okay, 
Would you define yourself as a minimalist? From the dramatic declutter and paring things down to what is practical and you love, how has this impacted your buying, finances, values, future decisions, and what you surround yourself with? Actually, this is really interesting. Let me cover this in a future episode. I may even do this next Tuesday. I might make an episode just about this specific thing because I have found in the last few months as I've started to want to slow the pace of my travels down that what I'm purchasing and how I am thinking about stuff is changing a little bit than it was before, but that would take a little longer. So maybe I will come back to that. Don't be surprised if you see it next Tuesday. Thank you for that one. All right, now we have Holly V. Hunt who said, how do you use flow for your exercise regime? Sometimes I'm not feeling a workout, especially early when the alarm goes off, but always get into it and I'm glad I did it. Is it okay to have efforting initiating a workout? Well, I would go, Holly, with your intuition. I personally have definitely done the working out because it's something my ego wanted to do in the past. I also ran marathons for that matter because my ego wanted to do it as a part of my identity and because I wanted the outcome of being thinner. I am now totally over the interest in those two things. So because of that, my intention, my values-based intention for working out for the last several years, probably the last five years, has been to move at the pleasure of my soul. So this is just me personally. I cannot speak for your intuition. You're gonna have to write to your own intuition or listen to yourself for your situation. But for me personally, I wait until the pleasure of my soul is saying, let's get outside. I don't force myself to do it when it doesn't feel that way. Way. And what I find is that my body is a really, really great indicator of what is best for it and me. So I do feel the joy and the endorphins that come from working out. I don't force myself to do it based on a routine or a regime. I do it truly at the inclination of my intuition. So that looks like weightlifting. I do push-ups and plank as I travel as well. And it looks like a lot of hiking and running when it fits with my pleasure and the flow of my life. That's my honest answer. I can't really speak to what would be right for you. That's just what has been, according to my values, being an awesome flow for me. Okay. So now we have Avi Maddock who said, I know you write to your intuition, but do you do other types of journaling to record your lively adventure and what is going on in your life? Yes, I do. I also have a few other journals as well. One of them is my appreciation journal. So I write down things that I appreciate in the evenings. To be honest, I've kind of gotten off of that track in Melbourne and New Zealand. I got out of the routine of that. So I'd like to add that back in. And then also I will do letters and kind of journal about things that have happened either in a paper journal or in a Word document on my computer, just kind of anywhere I feel like adding it and writing down stuff. So it's been nice, especially the paper journal of the first maybe eight months I got through one journal and that's really cool. So I'll be able to go back to that and see all of the memories that I captured that I experienced and I didn't want to forget from all my time in Europe and those kind of places. Now we have the Wall Street Kid who said, are you taking interns for your podcast? That's a great question and no, I am not. Not right now. Um, next up we have, are you there? God, it's me, Mando. <laughs> That's a great username. Okay, hi Jess. I've started diving deep into all of the intention, quantum mechanics, law of attraction stuff you share about. And I'm wondering what the best quick start steps would be for raising your vibrational flow and really living intentionally without procrastinating. I love to read, research, and study, but I know oftentimes use this as an excuse not to take action. Thank you. 
Well, I would say as you start reading and researching this, you're going to find that action is not nearly as important as your mindset. So I would say that, you know, not taking action is not necessarily a bad thing. And I know that so many egos and so many classical personal development people are going to be freaking out when I say that. But the truth is, as you start to study quantum mechanics, intention, law of attraction, all of those sorts of things, it really does begin with the mind and the mindset before action. Once you get into that alignment, the actions that are next flow effortlessly. I truly believe this. I've seen this in my life and I can only suggest keep finding alignment and then see what actions feel like the next things that feel fun to take. Those are the things that are going to pay off in the ways you want. Next up, we have Cameron Arian who said, would you say that you have followed your intuition every step of the way during your nomadic journey? Are there times that you didn't? And if so, what did you experience that was different? Is it possible to follow our intuition in every moment while having this human experience? Okay, this is a really fun question. I remember a few weeks ago, maybe this is about a month ago, here in Sydney, I had a day where there were three things I did not listen to my intuition about. Now, they were very little things. These were not huge deals, but as I've begun to really hone in on this little beacon of intuition, I can tell it in much smaller things instead of just the big, big decisions. And one of them that sticks out, I can't remember the other two, but I remember telling someone that I was friends with at the time about the fact that there were three things I ignored and I saw myself realize after each individual one why I didn't know at the time that I didn't want to do it, but what happened later that I was like, man, I really wish I listened to my intuition. One of them that I do remember, I don't remember the other two, was a salon to go get my nails done. I had this weird inkling that I was not going to like my experience at the salon, but the other one that I wanted to go to was closed, and there was a third option down the street. But as I was walking from option number one that was closed, I passed by number two. My intuition told me, don't go into that one. You're not going to like it. And instead of listening to that voice, I saw a cute dog. I think it was like a Frenchie or a bulldog or something like that sitting in the place. So I decided that that was cute enough for me. I didn't need to listen to my intuition. And I decided to get my nails done in that salon. They made me wait a very long time just with my nails soaking to the point where they were getting pruny because they were finishing up other people. But of course they didn't tell me I'd be waiting so long. They just said, yes, yes, we can take you in. And they did. And then the nail polish that I picked did not look very good. It was not what I was hoping it to be. And the nail polish itself only lasted three or four days. So I ended up getting a new manicure way sooner than I normally would. Actually, and then after that, I got out of alignment and then I left my sunglasses somewhere else. It was just thing after thing after thing. So yes, I could have easily just listened to my intuition instead of questioning it and saying, hey, there's a cute dog, <laughs> let me go inside. I could have just kept going and listened to my intuition and gone to the third salon. So I do think it's possible to listen to your intuition every moment while having the human experience. I don't think it's very common because the ego likes to rationalize and say, well, what could really hurt about this? Or this can't really be that bad. Or, you know, but they seem nice enough. Those sorts of things. We don't know everything that the intuition, I believe, has to tell us. So that would be my answer for that. Jessica L. Kelly said, hey, Jess, how do you go about creating diverse content without it feeling forced or losing its authenticity? That's an interesting question. I try to share things I truly think will benefit you or going on in my life in a way that I think will, again, benefit you. 
So I think, and listening to my intuition as much as possible. I'm actually starting to get to the point where I'm now actually asking my intuition what the show should be about. And sometimes when I don't know how to answer the subject that the intuition wants, I'm actually having the intuition write it itself. So that is something that is new in all of this experience. But yeah, I think authenticity is just, what do I genuinely think I can share from a really aligned, excited place? Now we have Enosh who said, how do you help someone, family member, or good friend who's in a negative pattern or downward spiral, but doesn't seem to want help? Even when a breakthrough seems almost attainable, but the person is discouraged and disillusioned. So they poo-poo or ignore gentle attempts at advice or guidance. Thanks, Jess. Okay. My honest opinion is don't try. If they don't want help, don't. Why would you give them something they're not looking for? If you don't want help from someone and your parents or your friends are trying to push it on you, you resist it. It's not something, if you're really, they're saying no thank you, I would respect that. Instead of actually trying to give them advice, simply be the light. Simply live your truth, live your joy, live your life. Do not let their actions control your joy as much as possible. And I know that's so tricky for the ego to handle. Your intuition is fine. Your intuition loves them regardless of what actions they're taking. So finding that same point of view within yourself and letting that become your dominant focus on them instead of the ego's focus on their lack or those sorts of things would be the best thing. So writing to your intuition, of course, will be number one. How can you see this with peace? How could you potentially help them? But genuinely and generally, when I do write about this for my intuition in any of these sorts of situations. It says I have something to learn, that they might be learning too, but that it's not about me forcing or trying to create some outcome in them, but finding growth within myself. Now we have West Maven who said, Jess, I travel a lot for work, which is both exciting and a little lonely. What are some of the ways you combat loneliness on the road? Great question. I actually talk to people. That's the best way for me to do it. I just will make conversation with people that I meet. I even did this on a hike recently. I went to the top of the Queenstown Trail in New Zealand. And as I was coming down, I met this guy who I was literally just crossing paths with him. He was about to go up to the peak. He was asking how far it was. I heard his American accent and asked him where he was from. It turned out he was from Texas. And then he asked where I was from and where all of this kind of led to like, what's my career and how am I traveling? And then I told him about the show and he asked what it was about. Turns out he liked quantum mechanics. Then he asked me a question about it. And I said, well, if you want to answer that question, it was kind of a broad one. I was like, we'll have to go down the mountain together so I can actually fully answer the question. So that's what we did. So we had this whole fun conversation all the way down the rest of the path. So Those sorts of things are ways that I combat loneliness, but also meditation and writing to my intuition, of course, are also huge helps. Okay, now we have Ashwi Marie too said, hi Jess, I'm a student in a medical program and I often find myself starting the day out positive and in alignment, but then I tend to fall out of alignment when a sense of stress takes over. Do you have any tips for finding alignment again when you're feeling stressed? Love the show and thank you for continually sharing all your positive messages with us. This is great. I would say give yourself a ton of compassion for when you fall out of it and then try to get on your own, even if it's as simple as going to your office for a quick second or going to the bathroom, regroup, 
Do some mindfulness. I would practice meditation in the morning and evenings so that when you're in the day, you also have that muscle strengthened so you can do a quick two to three minute meditation midday to catch yourself and to find that mindfulness. I don't think just doing it during the middle of the day once you've lost your stress is the or your alignment is the right way to do it. Practicing in the morning and in the evening so that once you're in the stressful place, you'll have that strength to be able to center yourself then would be my suggestion. So meditation in the morning, in the evening, and then using a small dose of it midday once you find that out of alignmentness setting in. One other thing, if you can take a walk outside, even if it's just to a roof deck, maybe where you could have lunch or a snack or just do something where you walk and you think of all the things you appreciate right now in your immediate experience or in your life, those are the other things. So do a rampage of appreciation as quickly as you can. Let's say you're a medical student and you're walking from one room to the next with patients. I don't know if that's where you're at in your program, but if it is, what if you started to try when you can to walk between the rooms of your hall or the floor that you're on and think about as many things as you can in between room one and room two to be appreciative of. Now we have Aha Shart, I think. He said, hi, Jess. Is your full name Jess or Jessica? What's your middle name? Do your parents and siblings listen to your podcast and follow you on social media? Thank you. My full name is Jessica Constable Lively. My maiden name was previously Constable. Lively was my married name, and I have chosen to keep it and keep Constable as my middle name. So that's the name thing. And do my parents and siblings listen to the show? I think my brother, Michael, has probably listened to a few of them. Yes. I don't think my dad's ever listened. I don't think my brother, Matt, has ever listened. And I'm not sure if my mom maybe has listened to one or two of them, I think, but they don't talk about it. So I don't really know if they do, but I think that they don't for the most part. And my mom now is on Instagram, so she can see <laughs> the pictures because she uses Facebook, but I don't really use Facebook. So I told her if she wants to follow me and see what things are going on besides when I call her twice a week that she should follow me here on Instagram. Now we have Justine Curry who said, how do you know it's your intuition speaking rather than a story you're telling yourself? I've just started writing to my intuition regularly and I'm finding it hard to differentiate what my intuition is saying and what I think I want to hear and answer. Thanks. This is a great question. And again, Awareness at Home will be a really great program if your intuition feels it's a fit to help go into more detail about this. So ultimately as well, practice is gonna be huge. Writing questions to your intuition about, is this something I'm hearing from my ego or is this coming from my intuition? And hearing the answer from that question itself will also be super insightful. Okay, now we have Inspired by Natalie who said, Hi Jess, you mentioned in the last podcast that you saw Danielle Laporte. Have you ever read The Desire Map? And if so, have you established your core desires? I'm focused on both listening to my intuition and staying in alignment while keeping in mind my core desires and find they work in beautiful harmony. Much love and thank you for your vulnerability with all you share. I have read the book. I think it's great. And I think it's very tied. I wouldn't say necessarily inspired I know she's aware of Abraham Hicks. I've seen her share quotes by Abraham Hicks, but I don't know how much the desire map was kind of connected to that. But I would say that it's definitely in the same camp of that. So I don't focus on the process as much the Daniela Port way as much as I do on the Abraham Hicks. But I would say I definitely think about my core desires in terms of what I want to manifest and the feelings I want to have because of them. And that's what I focus on most. So I guess I'm kind of doing it, but also not focusing on it from the place of this is what Danielle said to do. Now we have Jenna Brisson who said, do you ever listen to music to get into alignment? What are your go-tos? 
This is so true. Yes, Jenna, one of my playlists, it's actually the only playlist I have on my phone right now, are three songs and they are all songs that get me into alignment. So it's my favorite song playlist. The first one is Higher Love by James Vincent McMorrow. And I'm so excited because I'm actually gonna see him in the Sydney Opera House tomorrow in a concert. So I'm gonna see that. It's a cover of Higher Love, the 80s song, but it's so much more beautiful, in my opinion, when James Vincent McMorrow sings it. The second song is by the band Goldfish, and it's called Moonwalk Away. And the third song is Hold On by Rivers, R-I-V-V-R-S, which I've mentioned a few times, and it's been my anthem as I've been traveling this last year. So those are my three favorite songs. They all get me into alignment, so I like listening to them back to back. I usually listen in the morning after I've meditated when I'm making the bed. And I'll sometimes put it on a few other times throughout the day as well. Now we have Lauren King Design who said, thank you for sharing about the struggles with acne. It's really helping me feel better about mine. Last Q&A, you said you discovered that you were sensitive to eggs. How did you figure that out? This is a crazy story. I randomly flowed into a person at a Costa Rica retreat where I was at with Eckhart Tolle, and this woman was going to see this natural healer and doctor, MD as well, or DO, I forget which, but a traditional doctor slash natural healer in Costa Rica that she had really had great results with her child with, and she was actually seeing him as well for her own issues with aluminum. So when she heard about my issues with my acne, she suggested I come visit him, and he took one look at me, actually, and said, you're allergic to eggs. That is how I found out. I, of course, did not believe this person just looking at me straight away and saying eggs, but he's done this work for many, many years and had seen many people with hormone imbalances, and he feels very strongly that eggs can be a trigger. Obviously not for everyone, but he did muscle test me, which you can check out if you've never heard of muscle testing, just Google kinesiology, but not the kinesiology like an American kinesiology, which is about like sports medicine. Look up like the Australian kinesiology. It's not just Australian, but a lot of Australians will say kinesiology in a totally different way than when Americans typically hear it in culture. So look up muscle testing and kinesiology on Google to find out more. But basically he muscle tested me and found out and I, lo and behold, did have a sensitivity to eggs. I stopped from that point forward. He also mentioned that I was sensitive to peanuts as well as wheat and I had been avoiding gluten. So that was kind of already taken care of. But at that day, I remember that breakfast that morning, I had peanut butter and I'd had eggs. I'd been eating eggs. I think basically I overate eggs because most of the trip I was eating sometimes three eggs a day, almost every single day for an easy protein source that was simple and easy to cook as I traveled. So I think now I'm less sensitive because my skin's become much clearer. And I've been sometimes, I won't have like poached eggs for breakfast, but sometimes I'll have like Thai food that'll have egg in it. Or sometimes I'll get a vegetarian baked good that might have egg as a binding agent, and I'm still having clear skin. So I think now I've become less sensitive as I've laid off of it. But basically muscle testing through a natural healer slash doctor was how I found that out. Now we have LX Scott who said, hey Jess, do you have any tips for reframing things that you want so you aren't thirsty for them? My boyfriend and I are currently looking to move to a new apartment and we have a fair number of specifics we're looking for. I've come across one but haven't heard back from the landlord yet, so my ego is starting to fret. Because there are so few apartments that meet our requirements in our price range, I'm having a hard time feeling flowy rather than thirsty. Any tips? Yes, go general. So when you're getting super specific about the 17 things that you want out of this, including price point, start focusing on the feelings you wanna have while you're in that place. 
That's what it means to go general. It goes very general. Instead of saying, I need to have a balcony and I need to be on this street at the rent of $1,100 a month, say, I really want to feel expansive and I want to feel peaceful and I want to feel aligned, like think about all the feelings you want to have and come from that place when you're doing your search and see what happens, see what shifts for you. Of course, you actually have to get into the feeling place of that. The vibration of you is what is going to attract, not the words themselves. So going more general is the way to go. And if that seems a little hard, try just looking up some Abraham Hicks stuff on YouTube. They have tons of examples where they do this with people that are struggling with things and you'll hear them explain how to do this in a really fun way. That's so fun to hear them kind of go on to a rampage of appreciation and going more general. Okay, now we have Emily Kalzinski, who said the law of attraction books recommends a daily workshop for affirmations and visualization. Do you use this or the segmenting technique on a daily basis? If so, how does it fit into your daily routine? Thanks for sharing your wonderful perspective on the world. You've truly enhanced my life. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Emily. Yes, I do do the workshop and visualization and affirmations in the morning. So you can hear more if you listen to the Law of Attraction book on Audible, which I recommend. You can go get it for free if you don't already have Audible over at audible.com slash lively because they're often a sponsor for the show. But I will say... Yes, I do it. I have a little routine in the morning where I do 15 minutes of meditation and I split it into three different chunks. So the first five minutes of the meditation, and I use Insight Timer to have little bells go off. You can customize a meditation when you use Insight Timer. So I have this flowing water sound programmed and then there's like one little bell that goes off after the first five minutes. And in that first segment, I focus on mindfulness, just focusing on checking in with my body and slowing and observing my thoughts and sometimes even just trying to release thoughts as they come. The second five minutes, once the first bell goes off, I spend focusing on loving kindness meditation, which I learned. It's a Buddhist technique and I really love that. So then I focus on sending loving kindness to myself and others in my life. And then the bell will ring after those five minutes. And the third chunk of five minutes, I will focus on my workshop. Again, that's just visualizing the things I wanna have in my life as if they've already happened by that, I mean the stuff I want to happen in a long-term sense and in the stuff I want to happen that day, which would be called segment intending. So if you guys want to hear me talk more about this, I can do an episode maybe in the future about that as well. Now we have Lizzie number three who said, do you ever get your hormone levels tested and have you ever tried a naturopath? Also, this may be too personal, but have you tried birth control or anything again once you felt like your hormones were balanced? Like, would you continue your supplements? Okay, so there's a few questions here. No, I've never had my hormone levels tested. Right now I'm traveling too much, I think, to know how to find one and have that done. No, I've never tried a naturopath, but I did read a book by a naturopath about hormone balance, which I found really helpful. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember doing that at one point. And then... Have I tried birth control or anything once I felt like my hormones were balanced? No, because I haven't felt like they have been balanced again yet. And honestly, I think after going through all of the acne stuff that I've had, I have a weird, I don't know that it's founded in any way. I guess if your hormones are balanced, Elisa Vitti does say that you can go on the pill and go off of it and you won't have those things flare up because you're in balance in the first place. But part of me is just not wanting to think about the acne that I experienced as I got my period again after the pill. So I don't think I would be likely to do that, but who knows? I I can't say to the future. In terms of would I continue my supplements? 
I will continue the ones I think are really helpful. Right now, I'm really liking the zinc and the DIM, D-I-M supplements. So those I'm still taking and I replenish the other ones like saw palmetto or B vitamins or Vitax and stuff on a less regular basis. But I always make sure right now that I have the DIM because it's good for hormone balancing and for skin. Now we have Kaplan's 05 who said, hi Jess, I've been working hard to get into alignment early in the day. As a stay-at-home mom, my day is as crazy as one can imagine. How do I realign midday when I'm unable to sneak away for time alone? Okay, if you have children, what if you turned on and had a little dance party with your kids? Put on some fun music that you like that obviously is child appropriate too, and then maybe dance it out with your kids or do a rampage of appreciation with them. That could be really fun to even get the kids involved in as they grow up and as they learn how to speak and to have things to be grateful for. That could be a really fun thing to do. So I'd say maybe try to encourage the kids to get involved in it and do some of these things with you instead of trying to get away from them in order to do them. Joy Street Studio asked, hey Jess, I'm curious about how you decided to write to your intuition the very first time. Was it something you read or heard about prior to trying it out or did your intuition lead you to start writing to it? Love listening to your podcast. Thank you for sharing your light. This is a fun question. I haven't often shared about actually, but yes, the first letter I wrote was when I was going through a breakup when I was a about 25, and it was after reading Eat, Pray, Love. So Liz Gilbert, who's been here on the show before, I love Liz. I think she's such a wise woman. And in the book, Eat, Pray, Love, I don't remember specifically the chapter or anything, but what I vaguely remember seven years ago is reading something that she said that was very simple. She didn't even call it. I'm not sure she's even said intuition, but she just said that she has this ability to write down questions and hear answers. And so I decided to give it a shot. It wasn't like she wrote it out as this big thing, like you should do this. She just that she did this personally. And from that place of deep sadness or ego frustration about my situation, I decided to try it. And lo and behold, I heard answers. So I've been doing it ever since. Next up, we have Veyas Fell, who said, Hi, Jess, when is your next Flow With Intention online classes starting? I've contemplated taking your classes for over a year now, and every time a new session opens up, my ego finds a way to block me from doing it. Also can't wait to hear more about quantum living. It's fascinating. Loving the show. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the show. That's wonderful to hear that it's resonating and Flow With Intention Online will open again in the fall in late September. So typically we run in October and I will be doing that again. So that will be when it's coming out again. Now we have Sunny Mondays who said, hi Jess, I've got two small children, a part-time job. I study at university part-time and my husband travels for months at a time for his work in the Navy. So you could say I'm pretty busy. Yeah, I would definitely say you're pretty busy. I'm loving all you've been sharing about the law of attraction, et cetera, and I've listened to the audiobook, and it's really resonating with me. I'd love to hear advice about getting into alignment when time is limited. Love the podcast, Rebecca. Well, that is a great question, Rebecca. I would say I would have to ask you how to do this. I, as you know, have a very different life than you have right now. So without those things, I haven't had to figure out how to do that. That's not a cop-out. It's just I think that it would be foolish for me to assume with such a different life that I have an answer that will perfectly work for yours. I would talk to your intuition about what feels feasible or right for you. 
most of all, I would say giving yourself time before you bring yourself to the rest of the world. So getting up earlier than you need to. And it sounds like you have a lot of stuff going on. So I'm sure there's a lot of resistance, maybe potentially from your ego saying, oh, are you kidding me? I can't imagine doing that. I need the sleep. I'm not saying you shouldn't get sleep, but could you find a way to go to bed earlier than you are? And again, I don't know your schedule and it seems like you're not necessarily wasting your time watching a bunch of Netflix or something at night, but could you make sure that you get great sleep so that you can wake up early and spend time in alignment, even between five and 30 minutes, whatever makes sense for you before you give your attention to everyone else in your life and all the other things going on. Because even I would remember Aaron Lochner saying the same thing, time for yourself in the morning. She gets up at 2 a.m. Am I saying you need to do that? No. But I think that does show someone who's a mom and a business owner and has more going on, the power of spending time for yourself first. I know for myself, even if it's as simple as me getting on Instagram before I meditate, can truly, totally change the trajectory of my day. I know I feel so much better when I've spent time internally on myself first. So I try to do that in any way that makes sense for you and aligns with your intuition. Now we have Corinne who said, I like that spelling, Corinne. She says, I have loved this episode about loving yourself. Listen to it three times. I appreciate your honesty and would like to hear more about your journey to a more loving relationship with yourself. Okay, well, I've been doing a few of those recently, so I'm not sure if you've listened to all two or three of them, but I will keep them coming if and when it makes sense to continue sharing. And I have more to share on that subject as well. Heidi Miller Lowell says, Can focusing on our frequency become a way to avoid dealing with difficult emotions? I think it can. However, I don't think that it's very easy to get your frequency higher without dealing with difficult emotions. So often if you try to bypass difficult emotions, it will not actually get you into the higher frequency. It's only through facing and processing difficult emotions that then allows your frequency to raise. So you can try it, but I don't think it'll actually really work. It'll only keep you in this feeling of struggle and striving for the higher frequency instead of naturally rising to it. Now we have Pure Personal Power who said, I love all that you're teaching about the law of attraction and manifesting. However, I also believe that we are here for a reason and that we are here to learn and grow and that there's a meaning to everything that happens. Do you also believe that? If so, can you match the beliefs of deliberate creation and things happening for a reason, sometimes beyond our understanding? I'd love to hear you reflect on that. Lots of love, Helena. Okay, so we're here for a reason. I think this is all personal opinion, right? This is what you're asking me for is personal opinion. So I'm not saying that this is right. You're just asking for my personal beliefs. Where I'm at right in this moment talking to you, I do think we're likely here for a reason. I don't think that it's an accident of genetic mutation that is purely happenstance, that is super random. I don't think that that's true. So I do believe personally, this is, I don't think that that's right. However, I do believe we are also deliberate creators. So while I do believe we're here for a reason, I don't think that it's up to something having to happen to us. I think we create our experience once we're here. So yes, I think there's a reason we're here, but I think once we are in this experience, we are deliberate creators, if that makes sense. So kind of both of them. The Halligator said, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self now? Oh, that's so interesting because I did not know anything about this alignment before action or anything. I would tell myself back then to start writing to my intuition then. Had I had five extra years of that, I think that would have been a really interesting life change. 
I probably would have done some things differently. I think I, at the time though, even at 20 was starting to make intuition led decisions, but they weren't through asking my intuition. They were just kind of gut choices that felt right at the time. And I definitely was always thinking about what my long-term why was. But even with that, I have had so much insight and inspiration and new information come through my intuition just by asking direct questions that if I could have learned that sooner, that, that I think that would have been really fascinating. Lindsay Catherine said, Jess, I love your podcast. I have a question I've been anxious to ask you. What do you do when you're trying to listen to your intuition and follow that peaceful feeling, but old fears and blocks get in the way and make every decision seem impossible or scary, meaning ego getting in the way? I take one step at a time and I have done it so often that I have a very strong connection and trust and faith in my intuition. So in the beginning, those blocks and fears might be there in a stronger way, but now they're there, but I'm used to them being there and they don't stop me usually in any real way. So practice. The consistent practice of taking actions based on intuition and alignment helps you get better at handling the ego's fears. I can't say what will be right for you other than practicing and maybe starting with smaller things and then leaning up to big ones. Now we have Sunray Penna who said, thank you for introducing us to Abraham. Jess, their teaching resonates with me so deeply. How was your experience at the conference? Did you have a chance to be in the hot seat? No, I did not have a chance to be in the hot seat. However, I am going on the cruise this fall. So I'm going on one of Abraham Hicks cruises. I remember to be totally honest with you guys, when I first started listening to them and I knew they had cruises, I thought it was so cheesy sounding. And now I'm like, I'm all in. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Actually, I can wait. I'm just very excited for that experience this fall. So yeah, it was a fun experience when I did the day event. I would definitely recommend doing the day event first if you get a chance to before maybe committing to a 10-day cruise with them. But I also can say I did not get a chance to be in the hot seat that time. But it was fun to watch the other people that did get into the hot seat. And I appreciated most of the questions that they asked. A lot of them related to what I would have asked anyways. Now we have Hannah Tanji Elliott, who said, I have been feeling a lot of guilt lately for not living the way others expect me to, or even a part of me expects myself to. Do you have any guilt while traveling around the world? If so, how do you deal with it? No, I don't. But I think maybe that's also kind of helpful to know that like it doesn't have to be that way. Guilt while traveling the world, I have alignment with my intuition. Sometimes I feel like my life is so awesome how can it be this way? And then I start to get myself tripped. It's not really guilty. I don't really care what other people expect me to do, but sometimes I think my life is so great. Why do I have this great life and other people don't necessarily have these opportunities or blessings? And when I get in that place, I try to think about the fact that if this stuff is all true, law of attraction, et cetera, that me living this life is showing that it's possible for others as well. And also by me living this life, I'm actually able to, because I give 10% of my income to causes that I believe in, the more that I do live this way, the more that I do have these amazing things in my life, the more I'm able to impact in the world in ways I want to as well, directly through financial means of support, etc. So... Those are the things that I go to. And now actually sometimes my ego will still be like, how can you have this wonderful life? How can this be yours? And now I've decided to spend 30 days going, well, let's just see if it's true. Let's just see if it's true. So that kind of helps me get around the ego's frustrations or fears around it to just say, let's just see if it's possibly true. 
And that is where I'm at right now. But in terms of wondering what other people expect me to do or want me to do, that I don't care about. But sometimes my own ego can get into a little bit of like a, who am I to have this awesome life? But if it's true, me living it is going to show others it's possible. And also is just a blessing that I am have this awareness that it is true or that at least it's working. I can say that, that at least it's working. And that because of it, the impact I'm able to make in the world is far greater than if I believed it wasn't true. Because what I'm seeing in terms of results and the impact I'm able to make is far greater than before I knew this stuff was possible. Before I was in debt, now I'm not. Now I'm able to make a much larger impact in the world. So yeah, that would be my answer to that question. Okay, now we've got one more question. Here it is. Laylee Golightly said, I would like to know how you switch off and relax both during very busy and potentially unaligning times such as running flow and life with intention and recording podcasts and after, aka now. Oh, that's such a good question. So switching off and relaxing during the busy times looked like drinking kombucha at night or tea and watching science or some neurology documentaries if they felt fun or honestly the Gilmore Girls or spending time with friends going out to dinner or going on dates. I didn't really date much when I was doing the classes. There was so much going on. But I would try to go to dinner a few times with friends, especially on the weekends. And I would go run around Rush Cutters Bay. That made me really happy. And I would do as much alignment work as I could in the mornings before the classes as well. Now, I actually did a little workcation, a little work and vacation with my friend Amanda in New Zealand. So it was really fun to be able to spend roughly like half the time working and half the time seeing new places and spaces in New Zealand. So that obviously was much less time sitting in front of a computer coaching and much more time doing some computer work like answering emails and stuff, but also seeing beautiful places in Queenstown. And there you have it, guys. Thank you guys so much for your questions. I'm sorry I'm not able to get to the rest of these, but I got through as many as I could in the hour. You guys are awesome. And of course, if you want to ask me a question, I'll be sharing again on Instagram for next month. So stay tuned on Instagram for a photo where I ask for questions. If you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, find me at Jess C as in Cebu Lively. For show notes for this episode, head over to jesslively.com slash March 2017 questions. Before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to talk a bit about today's sponsor, freshbooks.com. As you guys know, if you are a business owner out there and you are doing your bookkeeping, probably in America especially, for your 2016 taxes, and if you have not loved your invoicing system, you have not loved your expense tracking system, please try this 30-day trial at FreshBooks and see if you like it as much as I do. I've recently done a rebranding of JessLively.com, so the color scheme is a little different. My logo's kind of the same, but a little different too. And I've decided to make my FreshBooks backend look just like the new site as well. It's one of my favorite fun features about FreshBooks that makes it one of the reasons I love using it besides how easy it is to do everything I need it to do. So I just updated the colors and the logos, and now it just looks like it belongs on my site. The bookkeeping software I use looks like my branding. It's one of my favorite little pieces of the process. And it just really showed me once I logged in and got started myself for the first time that this is some program that really understood how simple, easy, and pretty I wanted my bookkeeping experience to be. So if you want to try it out, go over to freshbooks.com slash lively to get that free 30-day trial. Like I've shared before, I've been using it since 2012, so I'm now on five years and I love it. Now for where I'm headed to next. Right now I am in Cebu for Tropical Think Tank. Actually, technically, 
I am en route to Cebu as you're listening to this. So I am somewhere over the water of some ocean, Pacific, I think, going over, I don't even know. I've never gone from Australia <laughs> over to the Philippines. This will be a brand new experience for me. I'm going to a business conference, like I mentioned, called Tropical Think Tank with my friend, Joanna Galvo. So I have no idea what to expect. I truly just signed up on a whim because she had said she loved it so much. So that is what I'm doing. And I'm sure I'll be sharing anything I learned from that experience with you here on the show until Thursday, which is a very fun third interview with someone who is a lively show favorite. May something wonderful happen to you today.